Hi, my name is Christy and I'm a board member at Art Cartopia Museum, an art car museum in Trinidad, Colorado. I drive a chalkboard car named Maddie and I only entered the art car world myself not so very long ago. Um, after discovering how absolutely incredible the community is and what's even more, how many fascinating stories are behind the art cars we all know and love, I decided that I was interested in doing an interview series in which I talk with various art car artists, otherwise known as cartists, about their art cars to learn more about their inspirations, their processes, their experiences with the cars, and so on. I pitched my idea to Art Cartopia director Rodney Wood and he liked the sound of it as well. And so with his blessing, here I am. This first interview features an artist and an art car that have become very well known and much beloved in the art car world. For the car's offbeat theme and in the words of the art car artist himself, it's classification as a symbol of the abject, which he defines as something which is neither subject nor object, but an intolerable threat against a not yet formed subject. It is not a definable object, but something violently expelled, abjected. You'll find out why this car might be classified in that way during this interview. And without further ado, I hope you will enjoy Art Cartopia Museum's very first episode in its Confessions of a Cartist interview series. <laughs> Afternoon. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I'm so excited to get to talk a little bit about uh, about your escapades and your art car and, and uh, all the adventures in between. Well, it's a real treat for me to be here. Thank you. Great. Well, so um, I'd like to just kind of jump into it, if that's okay with you. And um, I know one of the first uh, sort of items on the agenda of discussion was to uh, for you to tell us your name and uh, and tell us your art car name. Well, my name is Rex Rosenberg, and the car I think we're going to talk about most is the Chubaru. I also have another one called the Bugwing. Right, right. And as I understand it, that one uh, preceded the Chubaru and kind of was the jumping off point. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Awesome. Well, um, you know, knowing that there is a pretty significant backstory, um, I thought that I might just sort of give you the stage and give you the opportunity to tell us, um, you know, tell us, tell us the background of Subaru and, and uh, about, about the art car that preceded it and, and the inspiration, if you would. Sure. Okay. Well, my interest in the art car world actually developed in 1997. And it was during that time, and I don't even remember now how it happened, but I stumbled onto a guy's website. The website is called Deuce of Clubs. And I discovered that he had been working on an art car that was based on a 1962 Chevy. And his idea for the theme on that car was to put a number of album covers of one of the Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass album covers on the car. And he called That's the car awesome. Whip It. Yeah. <laughs> And uh -huh. uh, during that year also, he went to the Houston Art Car Parade, which in addition to art cars being new to me, uh, the Art Car Parade in Houston itself was also new to me as well. And uh, he's, he's posted information about his work on the car and also the trip he made to Houston. And I got to thinking, you know, this, this looks like it would be uh, a lot of fun. Well, prior to that time, and actually going back a number of years, I had ridden motorcycles. And uh -huh. in fact, 
Um, well, for example, I've been in Sturgis uh, 14 years in a row to that rally, oh, wow. and I had gone to the uh, Four Corners Iron Horse Rally in Ignacio, Colorado, which is uh, near uh, Durango. I'd done that one six times in a row. I've been to other major sure. rallies and uh, a lot of local events, too, so I'd ridden for a long time. Well, in the uh -huh. process of going to the rallies, I saw a lot of trikes, and I got to thinking, right. uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to build a trike. And most of uh -huh. the trikes that I saw were based on a Volkswagen engine with a transaxle and a motorcycle fork up front. But I decided I want to do something a little bit different. So I had a lot of time, you know, to think as I'm riding back and forth to rallies. And one time, I think it was in 1998, the idea hit me to incorporate a bug body into the idea, but do it in a way that had been different than anything I'd seen before by cutting the body up a little bit, taking a section out of it, and then putting the two wheels up front and then one wheel in the rear end, which would be a motorcycle, so it would be a reverse trike. Now, I knew that things right. like uh, the Morgan and Messerschmitts had existed a long time ago in that configuration. Uh -huh. But um, So I had that idea. Well, I think it was within a week of having that idea. The uh, I was out for lunch one day when I was still working, and I'm just riding around aimlessly eating a sandwich, and I happened to drive by this guy's yard, and I saw an old bug sitting in the back of his uh, house. So oh, I, man, serendipity. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> big time. Um, I didn't know if it was going to work, but I thought I don't have anything to lose by just going up and asking the guy if he was home uh, to, sure. to see if he uh, would be interested in selling. Well, he happened to be there, and I told him I'd seen the car, wondered if he'd have any interest in selling it, and he said, yeah. So we arrived at a price of 100 bucks, and... Um, a couple of days later, a friend of mine uh, helped me move that uh, car from the town where I saw it, which was 26 miles away from where I lived. And so we picked it up uh, on his trailer, moved it to my father's oil field shop, and put it there. Then that weekend, on a Saturday morning, I went out there, and you know, clearly I I didn't do body work or anything like that, and I really wasn't sure where to start with what I saw in my head. So I walked around right. it for a little bit, <laughs> and uh, I decided, well, I'm going to go back home. I'll get a chalk box and uh, a 15-inch metal ruler. So I brought that back out, and I snapped a chalk line down the middle of that body from front to back. And then using that 15-inch metal ruler and a pencil, I just got up on top of it, and I started marking off what I thought might look right as far as how much to take out of it. Interesting, like like places where you would partition the car, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I just wow. measured okay. off on both sides of that line, and you know some uh -huh. of it looked like it was probably too wide, and some of it <clears throat> didn't look like it was wide enough. I didn't even have the motorcycle yet. In fact, I wasn't even sure what I was going right. to put in it. <clears throat> well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the idea at least. So, That's right. um, I decided on what looked right to me, and I went to a, a rental place, rented a sawzall, bought a couple blades, and I went back out. And I cut that section out of the car from front to back. And then, you know, I had the, that gap in the middle, <clears throat> so I unbolted the, the side from the pan on the right and the side on the left and picked them up and sat them next to each other. And uh, I was liking what I saw so far. But then also, uh, even though I had uh, experience 
doing welding in an oil field shop, it was all stick welding. I didn't have a tubing right. bender or the knowledge, even if I had one. So I decided, I, I don't know, maybe I'm in over my head. Well, uh-huh. long story short, <clears throat> the, those two pieces sat beside each other for a little over three years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to put, put it on hold while you figured it out, huh? Yeah, exactly. And the way yeah. it actually started coming together was uh, a young lady who was my assistant at work uh, was married to a guy who raced funny cars. And when I was expressing my frustration to her about not making any progress with this project, she asked me if I knew about a certain guy who built cars for the drag strip. Well, I'd never heard of the guy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I uh, called him and asked if I could come talk to him about a project, and he said, yeah. So I went out to his shop, and I tried to describe to him what I had in my mind, but he wasn't quite getting it. So I said, okay, let me go home and get a photograph. So I, I did a photograph, or I picked up a photograph I had, went back out to his shop, and with a pen I drew uh, some wheels on the front end and told him I'd like to put a motorcycle in the rear end. And, um, well, I forgot, in the meantime, I did find a motorcycle. Uh, that had been owned by one of my cousins. It was a 1981 Honda Goldwing. And he had purchased that Honda brand new in 1981, as did a couple of friends of his. Unfortunately, one of the guys had a wreck right away and died as a result. And my cousin just parked that motorcycle with uh, all of 1,544 miles on it. And Oh, my gosh. Yeah, brand new, basically. Hadn't touched it in all those years. So I wow. bought it from him. And then the guy I took the body to, um, he got right on it, and it took from Jan. So he understood your concept and and was enthusiastic enough about it to to give it a shot then, I take it. Oh, yeah. This guy is, he's an artist with a tubing bender and a TIG welder, let me tell you. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Uh, He was probably excited to have something a little different for a change. It it was quite different. <laughs> so, <All right. laughs> I, he he kind of looked at me funny when I first proposed the idea, but anyway, he took it on, and that was All in right, ja- January of two thousand two. Okay. So, so he and another guy who built uh, pretty high end dune buggies and sand rails, uh, and that guy did the front end uh, seat, uh, gas tank wiring stuff like that, and between the two of them, bouncing back and forth between other projects they had. Uh, it rolled out then in September of 2002. And that is awesome. So uh, the next day, and let me tell you something. When I when I first rolled it into town and stopped at a gas station, uh, I needed gas. Uh, I really wasn't prepared for what happened. Uh, what happened was right. even before I could get out of the thing, I had a crowd of people around me. Uh-huh. Uh, I was not used to that. Um, right. When was that your first experience, either riding in or driving an art car? Then. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Completely. Yeah. What was What was some of the reactions that that uh, you got from people at that point? Well, the very first thing I go into was, "Where did you get this? Uh, how did you do it?" Uh, you know, they just right. want to know all about how the thing happened, how it came about. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Know, that led to a lot of 
a lot of conversations there and then every stop after that. So, sure. like I said, that rolled out in September of 2002. And even though I knew about the art car world just from uh, going to that uh, website periodically and following that guy's uh, adventures, um, it didn't even occur to me to think about taking that thing to an art car event. However, in uh, 2004, I was riding with the group that I rode with, and we were in this little town called Wilson, Kansas, and they have an annual Czech festival parade. So we rode in the parade, and after we got through with our part, we parked and then went back and watched the rest of the parade. Well, after the parade, we walked back to the motorcycles and, and the bug wing, and this young lady was walking around the bug wing uh, doing photographs, and she saw that it was mine, so that led to a conversation. And that sure. uh, young lady happened to be Erica Nelson. Uh, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's where I met Erica. And, uh, okay, yeah. Very that, organic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was perfect. So Right. When she saw that, she said, you know, you need to take this uh, to Omaha because there's going to be the Central Art Car Exhibit and Celebration Art Car event up there. And she told me when it was, and it was actually just, I think, two weeks after we met. And I did know the dates at that time that I was supposed to be in Sturgis for the motorcycle rally. So I said, well, I need to be in Sturgis for the rally, but let me think about that. And so I, I think I... I don't know if I called her that evening the next day, but I said, yeah, I want to do this because, like I said earlier, the art car stuff looked very interesting to me. So I did go to Sturgis. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. And uh, when I, I so I, uh, midweek I left Sturgis, and then I rode on over to Omaha and uh, rolled into my very first art car show, seeing the people who had cars and, and my first real-life art cars and, it was at that show that uh, I met Don Roberts, and you know him, uh-huh. and uh, Dave and Irene Major from near Wichita, a guy named Tom Edwards from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, Dean Polly, who unfortunately is no longer with us, but um, had a very well-known car named Miss Vicky, and uh-huh. uh, then I met Peter Lochran and, and Christine, and they're the ones who organized that show up there, along with a lot of volunteer help, too, so... Um, I, I just found the people extremely nice, extremely helpful, and a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, it's a really supportive and I would say definitely fun-loving community. So, yeah, that's that's awesome that you found that there. Yeah. Well, that okay. was, like I say, in August of 2004. And so then in May of 2005, since I knew about Houston then, uh, Tom Edwards came down from Minneapolis, and he met me in Tulsa. And then we went on down to Houston for the our first Houston Art Car Parade. And uh, it was there that I met Herod Blank and Nicole Strine and a lot of other people, way too numerous to mention. And right. that, 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 that's an experience that you don't forget when you go into something like that for the first time with all those cars and all those people. Uh, it, uh-huh. it was just, it blew me away. Um, right. And then to participate in the parade with, I, I think the estimates are what, around 300,000 people watched the parade in Houston. 
it's, it's yeah, it's absolutely huge. Right. Okay. So that got me really fired up then. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I decided I want to glue something to something. So when I came home, um, I talked to one of my sisters who had a 1995 Subaru Legacy and it had been totaled in a hailstorm and she had bought another car, but the Subaru was just sitting and she wasn't really sure what to do with it. So I approached her, told her I wanted to do an art car and glue something to it. And um, would she be interested in selling it? Well, yeah, she was interested in selling it, but neither one of us knew how to price it. So um, sure. I, uh, somewhere in the conversation, uh, we decided to see what a salvage yard would offer. A salvage yard was only offer 140 bucks for it. So. I told her. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, I didn't think that was very much at all. Um, no. <laughs> I told her. No, those cars. Those cars are actually they last a long time and they're you know have a really good reputation for being reliable and all that. So that's that's rock bottom. Yeah. Well, and that's what I thought too. You know, I wanted something uh-huh. reliable, and the car at that time only had one hundred and seventeen thousand miles on it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, in, art, in the art car world, that's that's brand spanking new because <laughs> so many, so much of the time, you know, it's it's they're on their last wheels, so to speak, by the time they get made into an art car. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, you're right. Well, we finally agreed on a price of three hundred and fifty dollars. So I gave her the money, uh, but then I'll have to add to that that uh, she made out pretty well in the end because after I had the idea for what I was going to do to the car and then started taking it to events, uh, there were numerous occasions when I'd come home so wired up and tickled about the fun I had that I'd slip her another 50 or $100 bill. Just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Having, having a good time with it, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, after I got that car, obviously I had it, but I really wasn't sure what I was going to do with it as far as a theme. And the only thing I really knew was I wanted to come up with something that had never been done before. So, uh, again, to make another very long story short, I, uh, I thought for an entire year. And I had some other ideas during that time, but nothing just really grabbed me. And then, right, right. Uh, let's see, it was in um, August of 2005 again, the Central Art Car Exhibit and Celebration took place in Omaha, but prior to that, Don Robertson and Erica had worked very hard on putting together something that was called the Route 6 Nebraska Art Car Tour, which went from Omaha on Route 6 all the way across Nebraska to the Colorado border. Well, after the Omaha show, a group of us took off, and, you know, Don and Erica had uh, found a number of sites for us to see along the route, uh, made reservations for us to stay in places. So we we stayed in a number of towns all the way across Nebraska during that week-long event. And still, you know, I I was in the bugwing at that time with that group. Right. And... uh, so we got it we got across Nebraska and on our last night out there in western Nebraska um 
I shared a room with uh, Dave Major, which we had done across Nebraska as we traveled. So Dave's over there on the other side of the room sleeping, and I'm in my bed uh, thinking about that Subaru and what I could do to it. And uh-huh. while I'm lying there, I happened to think about a car from Baltimore, Maryland, that I had seen in Houston. And the car is called Handy, and it's loaded up with doll and mannequin arms and hands. And when I thought of Handy, I mean, it just instantly I had the thought, well, what other part of the body could I do? And when I had that thought, instantly I thought dentures. So, <laughs> you say dentures? Dentures, yeah. Dentures, yep, yep. And I didn't have anybody to tell that night, so. All right. We couldn't wake Dave up. <laughs> no, no. He might not have appreciated that too much. <laughs> hey, Dave, got an idea. No, I, I I'm passed. I'm going to put dentures on my car. <laughs> yep. Well, I, I kept it quiet until I got home. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, you know, my wife knew that I was thinking about something to do that car, but I didn't know what. So when I told her what my idea was, um, (laughs) she she said, that's sick. (laughs) (laughs) Bullseye. (laughs) So I thought, okay, well, yeah, maybe it is, but... um, (laughs) It's a little sick. (laughs) The next day, and at that time my daughter and I were working at the same place and we were carpooling back and forth. So she's driving and I said, Sarah, I've got an idea for that car. And I told her, and the only way I can really describe what happened was to say that she snapped her head (laughs) toward me and she said, Dad, that's gross. (laughs) So then uh, two nights later, I saw a cousin of mine who's a dentist and I said, I need your help getting my hands on all the dentures I can get my hands on. He just looked at me like there was something, right. something wrong. You got, with another, me. you got another funny look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just uh, as I've told many people many times, just from the reaction those three people had just to the concept, I started thinking, I, I think I might be onto something here. Definitely, yeah. And that's when I started my search. Gotcha. Search for search for supplies. Search for uh, various uh, dental uh, apparatus. <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. related to dentistry. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And and then uh, sort of as as you went. Um, so, how would you describe your art car now? Like, let's say let's say I don't have the ability to actually see it with my eyes. How how would you describe it? Well, you know, in the most concrete way, it uh, would be to say it's just loaded up with dentures, dental tools, toothbrushes, toothpaste tubes, everything you can think of that's related to dentistry. However, right. um, after I told those three people and I started the search, I then told some of the people from the Route 6 Nebraska Art Car Tour what I was going to do. Uh-huh. Well, when I told Erica, she said that fits into a category that she called abject, which I had never heard of before. Abject, A-B-J-E-C-T? Exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd never heard of that. Uh-huh. So I did some searching on it, and I found a lot of, a lot of material. 
Right. I I typed up something here because you know I can't remember what abject is. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to hear this a uh, few lines about the definition of abject I found? Yeah, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, abject is something which is neither subject nor object, but an intolerable threat against a not yet formed subject. It is oh not a, it is not a definable <laughs> object, but something violently expelled, abjected. And that particular page in that uh, section I uh, saw said abject is on the edge of non-existence and hallucination. The abject is thus something which threatens the subject and its boundaries, something which must be excluded. To me, it sounded like a bunch of art speak, but anyway. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's kind of what's coming up for me, too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was my introduction right, we'll to... Unbeknownst to you, you, there was a category already, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I say, from the concrete, really concrete uh, perspective, it just has that stuff on it. For me, my purpose, my goal was to come up with something that hadn't been done before. Um, sure. I know, and it kind of surprised me to hear some of the reactions that I've heard. Um, uh-huh. Like Queen Becky, the first time she saw it, she said, this is creepy. Um, yeah, and well, don't you have a you have a mannequin on it, right? Like you have a it's a like a a mannequin from the waist up, if I'm not mistaken. Almost from the waist up. Initially, it was waist up when I bought it, and I decided uh-huh. I didn't want it sticking up that high on the top, so I took it right. to a local shop and asked the guy to cut it off right beneath the arms. So he did gotcha. that, and then while he was cutting that off. I happened to think about this large set of dentures and a large toothbrush that was uh, made for demonstration purposes that right. I found somewhere in that uh, eBay auction. <clears throat> so while he's cutting that beneath the arms, I just said, cut the head off because I could see in my mind I wanted to put the head of the mannequin out in front of that mannequin and then put that large set of dentures on the neck and then put that toothbrush in the hand. So that's what I did. Right. Wow. Okay. And so it's got, so it has, let's see. So in terms of mediums, it's got, it's obviously got a lot of dentures. It's got, you know, parts of a mannequin. It's got two empty tooth, toothpaste holders. It's got old toothbrushes. It, uh, if I recall you telling me previously, it's got human teeth on it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, those have come from a variety of sources. Uh, a dentist up yeah. from, uh, one time sent a box of stuff to me, a really cool box of stuff. After uh-huh. I had seen him at a at an event, and in there was a, a package of real teeth, um, some of which had been drilled on. I understand that dental students will use those to practice the drilling. And oh, interesting. So, yeah, uh, okay. They're glued to the hood of the car on the passenger side up front. Then uh, one of my sisters had an injury and knocked a tooth out, so her tooth is there, and um, oh, uh, Larry, <laughs> Larry Clem and Holly one time uh, when they were still in Baltimore and I went to that event, uh, Larry <clears throat> approached me the morning I was going to leave and he had a baggie of his children's uh, baby teeth. And oh, man. So, and this is a really odd thing how this all worked out. Um, when he handed that to me, I said, you know, I see these glued to a spark plug. Larry reached in his pocket and pulled a spark plug out of his pocket. What? Exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's it, interesting. Yeah, I mean, how many people? Well, maybe Larry. He walks around. I'm sure with spark plugs, but yeah, I was just saying he, he he gets you. That's all there is to it. He just gets you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he was ready. Well, yeah, and, and so it sounds like it, it. Once you put the word out, you had plenty of willing people who were willing and and probably excited to contribute to such a bizarre project. Would you say that's true? Uh, that's very true. Yeah, I know one yeah. guy showed up with a box of uh, what thirty pounds of dental models. Another guy showed up in Houston <laughs> with thirty five pounds. I, I can get all the dental models I want. Erica, right? Uh, early on, uh, when I first mentioned this idea, she got up and went to another room came back with a wisdom tooth I think it was that had been given to her by a friend when they were both 12 years of age so she presented that to me and I had Erica glue that to the mirror in the car right she she got the honor of attaching it herself huh exactly and since she discovered me I had her pick out something else that she wanted to glue to it so she was the first person to glue something to the car and there's a dental model back there on the trunk that she glued to it. So, Oh, and then uh, Tammy and Ed, also up in Nebraska, they came up with a gold tooth they'd found. So it's on the mirror. Um, oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Well, so it, it does, I mean, obviously, uh, it sounds like it was a, an additive process and one that took place over, over the course of, what would you say, a few years? Or, or like, what was the process of making it and... And uh, how long did it? How long did the bulk of it take? I know, I know, it's kind of an ever-evolving process, but well, the initial idea was in August of two thousand five, and uh-huh. I, uh, you know, with the things, uh, a few small items I found on eBay, um, and the, some things that people had given to me, I wasn't having much success with my idea, and I say that because I started to search on eBay, and. All I could find was individual uppers and lowers, surprisingly, right. going right. for 25 to 40 bucks a piece generally. You know, number Oh my one. gosh. Yeah. I was surprised that people were selling dentures on eBay at that time. And I was also surprised at the price because I couldn't afford that. Um, and I think. One, yeah, one, one off for 40 bucks. That, that'll <laughs> put you in the hole really fast. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I kept up a search, and I was getting very discouraged, actually. Uh-huh. And okay. I got to the point, I think it was after two, two and a half months, I'd have to look back on that. I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to have to give up on this and do something else. But I decided that night, I'm going to try one more time on eBay. And when I plugged in the word dentures on the search that night, I found a recycler in California selling a 75-pound box of <laughs> recycled ones. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> um, Talk about timely. That's crazy. That's really funny. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, so then, so then, that that kind of turned the tide. Then it sounds like. Oh, absolutely, it did. Yeah. Yeah. My next concern, yeah. though, was: Am I going to win this auction? Well, I did win the auction, and I think I paid two hundred eighty-five dollars. Right. And wow. uh, the lady who had posted that wrote to me several times, and she said, "What are you going to do with these?" What are you? Point of curiosity. (laughs) Yeah. So I I said, you know, be patient. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, but be patient. So. Oh man. When that box came in, you know, the first thing I did was I, I, 
soaked them in pretty strong bleach solution, but they'd been through some kind of recycling sure. process. I didn't know what it was, but I was going to yeah. give them another dose. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and I didn't know how much it would cover either, because my original idea was to cover the, the entire car sides and everything. Well, when I got started gluing, uh, and I didn't get started with that until um, April of 2006, because I wanted to go to um, Houston in May uh-huh. and uh, show it for the first time. Well, I discovered right. right away that I had enough stuff to put some on the hood, the top, and some on the trunk. Well, then I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Uh-huh. So I had the idea to go back to eBay and buy old dental school books. And I couldn't tell you how much time I spent cutting individual illustrations and photographs out of... A long time, yeah. Yeah, a long time. But, um, yeah, I placed that mannequin up on the top, put the dentures that I had on there, uh, a few more trickled in from various sources, and then I uh-huh. glued hundreds and hundreds of photographs and illustrations to the sides. And, um, you know, like I say, then people started showing up with boxes of stuff and more toothpaste tubes and so forth. So I started gluing, and then in uh, May of 2006, I got to do, take it to its first event in Houston. Yeah, okay. All right. And uh, so that was 2006. Um, and, and kind of, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but... Uh, and and how you know when people reacted, those those first three key people when they reacted a certain way, you thought, okay, maybe I'm onto something. But in retrospect, why why did you why did you make Chubaru like what it is? Why did you make a car covered in various dental implements? Would you say? Well, really, there's nothing too profound about that. I just wanted to come up with some idea that had never been done before. And like I said, I had some other ideas, but they just didn't grab me. And then when I thought of that and then ran into the reactions of (laughs) my wife. (laughs) You were like, oh, this is absolutely (laughs) what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of of in that vein. So so you took it to the art car parade uh, in 2006, May. Um, So what what was that experience like? What were, I'm sorry? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Um, what? So, what was that experience? So, just you know, describe your experience driving it in that parade, and and you know, uh, what pe- how people reacted to it. Well, that actually starts as soon as you pull it out and go to the gas station. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, and I think I don't know if I mentioned earlier. You have to allow extra time when you're driving something like this because any time you stop. You better plan on being there for a while, answering yeah, questions. Yeah, people want to talk to you about it. Sure. Yeah, and I, I and I like to talk to people about the car or, or anything else that comes up. And amazing conversations have been have taken place. But so you know, like I said, it starts as soon as you roll it out, and um, uh-huh. <clears throat> then you get down there, uh, like to Houston, where there are so many other cars and so many other people who have cars, and so many events taking place in connection with it. Um, it's 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 almost sensory overload sometimes right like where do i even start <laughs> yeah. yeah i can see that totally well so what what are some of the reactions like uh 
I mean, you and I have had conversation about this before, but just for everybody else who's listening, what are some of the more common reactions that you get from people, either positive or negative, or what are some of the questions you get? Well, uh, the reactions are all over the place. A lot of people just really uh-huh. think, really like it. Uh, I've heard many times, this is the coolest car I've ever seen. Um, uh-huh. I, I, what I really get a kick out of doing sometimes is just standing in a crowd of people who are looking at the car and doing photographs, and they have no idea it's mine. And you can right. just really, <laughs> you really get... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you really get the truth then, you know, this is sick, this is gross, this is creepy, right? <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and, I'm just picturing you snickering in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on occasion, too, uh, when somebody says something like that, just to have some fun, I will say, well, thank you. And then oh, man. <laughs> they'll turn and uh, they're looking at me and they're looking at the car like, is this yours? And I say, right. yeah. Then it's kind of funny to watch them start backpedaling a little bit on some of the right. statements. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's good, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what, what are some of the, what are some of the other, like, you get, uh, what are some of the other questions that you get? Why did you do this? Or right. Um, well, the mo- the most common question I get uh, by far is, "Are you a dentist?" Or a statement. Yes. You have to be a dentist. And <laughs> my reply to that is, no, I'm not a dentist. Well, uh, you also know from our conversations that a documentary was done about me in that car. And yeah. um, the way that came about, I was just in my driveway one day gluing more stuff to it and in preparation to go somewhere. And I heard a couple of car doors slam. And I turned around and looked and here came a couple of guys walking up, to si- up the uh, driveway. The first words out of one of the guy's mouths was, are you a dentist? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not a dentist. And then that led to basically about a two-hour conversation about the car then and why I did it and and you know, just the, all the questions you get about the car that are just right. common. So right. during that conversation, he said he's a filmmaker. And what would I think about having him do a documentary? I said, well, let's go for it, because, you know, I love photography. So um, I provided a were, lot. Were they, just, were they just driving past and happened to see you working on it, or did they already know where you lived and knew that they wanted to come talk to you about that? It was a totally chance encounter. They didn't even oh, normally come to this part of town. <laughs> um, yeah. They're like, we can't pass this up. we got, we got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they and they just oh, saw me awesome. in the driveway working on it, so they just stopped, and so that's wow. how, how I met Bobby, who ultimately did the documentary. Um, like I said, I provided a lot of video I'd shot of people on the road and encounters I'd had, yeah. and then he and uh, people on his crew, uh, we I think we shot somewhere around 35 hours of video in addition, and um, <clears throat> all that documentary I think has been shown in... 15 states now in six different countries so far. And he did a short initially. Um, so anyway, that that's how that happened as a result of that question. Right. And then the title, like I said, was, No, wow. I'm Not a Dentist. Right. Uh, um, you know, I, I've been uh, stopped a number of times by law enforcement, you know, highway patrols. I was going to ask that question, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
what did the cops say? <laughs> yeah. Well, those have been interesting encounters. They've all been nice, with the exception of right. one, and I have to acknowledge I was speeding north of Red Cloud, Nebraska, when I passed a truck. Um, and, and he shot me down, so I got a ticket. He was all business, by the way. Until, oh, shoot. Uh, well, not the, was not by the dentures or anything else? Not until I signed the ticket, and then I said, uh, would you sign my car? And uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> he looked at me, and <laughs> he kind of grinned in, and the, he said, well, yeah, I will. So uh, I asked him if I would get out, and he said, yeah. So I opened up the driver's side passenger door in the back, and he signed the door. And, oh, that's funny. <clears throat> but one time I was coming through uh, Oklahoma City on the way back from Houston. And um, I am about midway through Oklahoma City, maybe a little bit toward the north edge. And I noticed uh, some kind of car behind me. I wasn't sure if it was highway patrol or sheriff or what. Right. <clears throat> he was in the lane that was next to me, but behind me. And we stayed that way for a while. And then I changed lanes, one over to the right. And when I did that, the lights came on, so he stopped me. And um, he uh, he ran my license plate and all of that stuff. And he came back up and he said, uh, would you mind if I do some photographs of your car? I said, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to stop you. <laughs> so uh, he let me out of the car. And so I'm photographing him, photographing the car. And, oh, that's funny. Um, and then he he apparently got on the radio because some others showed up on the other side of the fence that separated the interstate from the frontage road. And then, right. um, oh, two highway patrolmen in Kansas one time. I was coming back from being up in Hastings visiting Don and some others. And uh-huh. um, I was on this little highway. There's not a lot of traffic on that. And I'm headed south. And I saw two highway patrolmen in one car headed north. And as soon as I passed them, here they came. Well, they held back quite a ways for several miles, and then they came up close for several miles, and then they passed me. Well, down the road a couple miles, they were pulled over and he had the lights on, so I pulled over. The guy who was driving walked back to me and he had a grill on his face. He said, you haven't done anything wrong. He said, would you go down here to the golf club or golf course so we can see your car? <laughs> they, just wanted to, they just wanted you to pull over so they could get a closer look. That's funny. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, so, so I guess that's. I guess it's good that it's happened enough times where now you know if you see flashing red lights that probably it's not that you're going to get it. Probably that they're just their curiosity got the best of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Another guy though one wow. time pulled me over and said my rear vision was obstructed. Now I do have a lot of stuff on the trunk, but it doesn't really obstruct the vision but when he's talking to me through the window he's looking around and uh-huh. checking it out which right. is fine no problem yeah well yeah yeah that's funny well well yeah so so obviously you know the the reaction people's reactions and the conversations that result and um you know the, just that exchange is it sounds like at least that it's a major motivator for you in in having the car and in having made the car. Um, but what would you say, wh- like, what is the unique value that an art car, that this art car offers as an art form for you? I know you're a photographer. I know you have, a, you know, various creative pursuits. But how is it, what does it offer you as an art form? Well, um, 
incredible contact with a lot of people. And I would have to say that the people I've met in the art car world have to be some of the most creative, intelligent, caring, fun-loving people that I have ever encountered and really ever expect to encounter. And I've heard other people say it, and I consider the people in the art car world that I know to be family, too. Uh, So there's there's a connection, there's a family sort of connection there that has really probably beyond anything else been um, good for me and something that I really like. And I think anybody else who would be thinking about doing an art car uh, would probably find the same experience to be true. Yeah, uh, I have. Yeah, I, I, can, I can relate to that myself as being relatively new to the community. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, so it sounds, sounds like as a platform for exchange and as uh, sort of uh, the means by which you participate in this community that has become like family. Would that be an accurate statement? That's very accurate, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, you cool. know, in terms of, I will use the word caring a while ago. Uh, two years ago was not a good year for me. Uh, one of the things that happened was I had uh, a diagnosis of skin cancer on my head that got into nerves, which led to oh. a chunk being cut out of my scalp and then led to 33 rounds of radiation. <clears throat> um, oh my God. I was just um, very overwhelmed with the support I got from people in the art car world with email, with text messages, with phone calls, with cards. Um, wow. It, it, it was very touching very and very much appreciated. Yeah, well, of course, especially at a time like that, to have that much outreach and, and as you said, caring, you know, that, that makes all the difference for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, okay. in addition to that, too, you know, uh, it, the cars have opened up a lot of doors and have introduced me to a lot of places and experiences mm-hmm. that I would never have known about, would never have seen, would never have been able to participate in had it not been for right. my involvement in this art form. And, yeah. you know, in, in thinking about that question, too, uh, something else that um, I've thought about, I, I don't know how many people get out to art galleries or museums. Uh, I do know that so many people have never heard of art cars. Right. Um, so many <laughs> Yeah, people. I always have to explain what it is, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and I think, uh, I think it was maybe the first or second show I went to in Omaha that, uh, and they always have really fantastic artwork on the shirts up there in the 15-year run of that particular event. But uh-huh. one of the lines on one of the shirts early on said, off the wall and onto the streets. And I really like yeah. that because it yeah. is an art form that doesn't just hang on a gallery or museum wall. And it's right. out there and it introduces so many people to this art form. And I think, you know, uh, the people in the art car world have a lot of different talents in addition to doing an art car. Yes. So I think, well, and then I said a while ago, I've been able to see things that I would not have known about otherwise. Uh, and that goes to galleries and and so forth, that uh, or or other artists, I would not have known about. Right, right, yeah. And then you learn about the the other the other kinds of art that they do. Maybe the art that they started out doing and then decided to project onto uh, a vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's been my experience as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, so where would you say? 
I mean, it sounds like it sounds like Tubaroo is ever evolving, and and you're open to the evolution. You know, people sending you different stuff, and and uh, and you know, keeping keeping building onto it. But where would you say? Where do you go from here? Are you are you thinking you're going to make a third car, or um, continue working on this one, or, or have you given that any thought? Oh yeah, I have <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned other material. Uh, it was just, I think, three weeks ago in the mail, I received more stuff from somebody I don't think I've ever met in San Francisco. Right. So. <laughs> they know now. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, two, three, four times a year, I'll receive things in the mail. But, yeah, I, I in fact, in my garage, uh, waiting for my next trip down to Trinidad, I have uh, quite a bit of material to bring with me that uh, people have provided to me in the meantime uh, since I was there last. <clears throat> so I'll be bringing more stuff down to put on the Chubaru. Um, uh-huh. Five years ago, I had an idea for another car. I still want to do that car. <clears throat> um, obviously, it takes you know some money to buy a car that's going to be reliable. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, I, so, so, so it's worth you know doing all kinds of things too. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. I, for the moment, though, I, I've put that on hold. The Bugwing hasn't been on the road for several years. I need to have a fan replaced on the radiator and need to have uh, a new starter put on the engine. So that's going to be something I accomplish here pretty quick because it needs okay. to get back on the road. <clears throat> so I'll put some money into that first, and then down the road, I, I still really would like to do this other car that I have in mind. Yeah, I, I take it you're uh, you're keeping it. You're being pretty close close mouthed about it until you uh, spring into action on that one. Then you're very perceptive. I uh, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you you keep saying this other car, quote unquote. I'm like, all right, he's not saying, and it's fine. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, I'm I'm you know I don't know what could top dentures, but I'm very curious and excited to find out. So this will be. This will be interesting. Okay. But yeah, so you, you're thinking you're thinking you're going to get Bugwing back in rotation and at least maintain it so that so that uh, you are you are you thinking that you'll you'll start driving that one a little bit then to give it a little <clears throat> a little uh, more of a chance to kind of be out and about or are you you thinking you just want to keep it in good in good condition and then uh, see about this new car? I I will see the Chubaru is good for long distance hauls. I the longest haul I've ever done in the Bugwing, I went on the, the run for the wall with a group of Vietnam era and Vietnam vets back in May of 2003, and went all the way to Washington oh, D.C. Wow. <clears throat> um, yeah. That that it's a long haul, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, poor little 81 Honda Goldwing engine. It's amazing how the thing is held together. Um, uh-huh. You know, it doesn't have. A lot of uh, acceleration power it'll get going you know and, and it'll hold highway speed once I get going but I'll keep it probably closer uh, to this area uh, I, I'd, I do want to bring it down to Trinidad that would be a blast yeah that's what I was thinking yeah and I've had it uh, to well Omaha on several occasions um, uh-huh. so uh, I'll, I'll stay probably within five six seven hours of home right makes sense makes sense 
but okay. yeah, the, and and the Chubaru, you know, I've put I think it's a little over one hundred and forty thousand miles on it now, <clears throat> so yeah. I'm sitting at right at a quarter of a million miles, and right. I, I've become a little more protective of it because in the fourteen years I've had it on the road, there's only been two times when uh, there's been a little bit of vandalism to it, and oh, shoot. Um, yeah. so you know I I trust it. But I don't trust other people <laughs> when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, you, you probably don't want to be... Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of the world we live in, and especially depending on where, where you are, um, that's, a, that's a factor to consider, for <laughs> sure. So, And when um, I say that, I mean, you know, we all make mistakes. I've made mistakes driving. Yes. Um, yes. And it's just more exposed each time you take it out, so... Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so you're just a little choosier about it. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. All right. Well, so very, very last question. Um, what advice would you offer to would-be cartists, so car artists, uh, cartists, um, to people who are maybe thinking about making an art car and not quite sure where to start, maybe kind of at that point where you were at with, with Chubaru where they have a car, but they're like, what in the heck do I do with this thing? Like, what, what advice would you offer to them? Two things primarily. The first thing we've already touched on a little bit, but I want to emphasize it, <clears throat> that is start with a very reliable car that's not going to let you down mechanically. Um, yeah. You, I, I've heard so many people, you know, get wired up about wanting to do a car after they see something I have or that other people have. And, uh, you know, they, they'll say things like, oh, I'm going to find an old junker and I'm going to do this and this and whatnot. And my comment always is stop right there. You don't want to start that way. You want yeah. to start with something that's reliable. Uh, right. Some people right. have pulled cars off a showroom floor, basically, and started that way. Um, mm -hmm. So start with something reliable because if you want to do any travel in it, and, and for example, yeah. I've had my the, the um, Chubaru in Baltimore, Maryland, Pensacola, Florida, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Louisville, Kentucky, Tulsa, Houston, Texas, Alpine, Texas, Minneapolis, Minnesota, yeah, coming, Omaha, coming Houston, right? Seattle. I mean, that I, I trust that car mechanically. Right. So right. that's why, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to spend a lot of time and maybe some money in uh, doing a car. So why not enjoy it and not have to worry about breaking down? Right. Right. Yeah. Someone else in the art car community has said that, you know, he has observed similar to what you're saying, where, you know, you you initially start with a junker and then you develop this attachment to it, this fondness for it. But then it, it just won't run anymore. It just reaches its end, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, makes sense. So what, what would the second thing be, be then? Come up with an original idea and don't... Uh don't copy somebody else's and yeah. I, I didn't know about this particular example but uh, a number of years ago um, a guy who had what I consider to be a fantastic car copied the bug wing and then um, he put it on eBay and I was directed to that auction by somebody else who saw it and, oh my uh, gosh Wait. so he so he had previously had an art car that that you thought was great and then oh, he yeah. made a replica of the bug wing? Yeah, it wasn't as nice, but... Uh, oh, man. And the card that he showed up at a couple shows with, I, like I said, I thought it was pretty fantastic. In fact, it was an award-winning car. 
but um, right. he did make a kind of a copy of the bug wing and then uh, apparently developed some pretty serious cancer put it on ebay for sale saying it was an original idea and and the person who directed me to that uh, was not amused nor was i but but anyway come up with an original idea yeah makes sense yeah okay all right just for various reasons come up with an original idea right yeah yeah okay not everything's awesome. been done right yes of course Anything else, uh, just sort of open-ended, anything else you'd, you'd like to say about uh, Subaru or Bugwing or the art car world in general before we uh, conclude our uh, our chat? Well, I love the people, and it's been probably the most enjoyable thing I've ever done in life, being involved in this form of art and driving yeah. cars like this. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rex, thank you so, so much for um, the time and effort that you put into kind of lining out your thoughts on this. It's, it's, it's a tremendous story. It's an awesome story. So I really appreciate you taking the time out to, uh, to share that with us. Well, I thank you for asking me. It's been a treat. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable to, to uh, you know, I, I definitely want to know what this next car is. So <laughs> next time... Uh, Next time we do these interviews, maybe we can be talking about what, what's going on there. So okay. I'm excited to see what it'll be. So Okay. All righty. Okay. Thanks so much, Rex. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. Uh, bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>